Oh, there it goes. Green dots. Mine only goes two. Yours goes all the way up. I'm louder. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. You're Mwah. making me just want to scream just to see if it'll make <laughs> it go up. <laughs> That's what Brett will hit record. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not already, listen to me go bop, bop, bop. Welcome, everybody, See, to a new episode of True North Nerds. Yay! Yay. Um, womp, womp. Yeah, we're we're recording this on a not particularly great geeky day. Um, the, uh, the date of this recording, unfortunately, we have learned of the passing of Stan Lee. So um, I know some of our listeners were expecting us to dive into the uh, long box of doom, as we announced last week. That's going to be forwarded on to our next episode because, uh, like him or hate him, Stan was kind of a big deal in mm-hmm. little influential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are going to go through the news and then we are going to talk about Stan, and that will be this week's episode. So, Ryan, you have a little bit of news this week. Yeah, I've got some other news. Um, so yes, after we recorded last, it was announced uh, you and McGregor has been cast as the Black Mask in that upcoming Birds of Prey movie. Yeah. Um, which I guess is still called the Birds of Prey, which doesn't really make sense to me because it's Harley Quinn, um, Black Canary, and Huntress. Is, is that who's in this that's movie? Who's, that's the only people that have been well, announced in this Birds movie. Birds of Prey plus Harley Quinn. Yeah, and- minus... Batgirl. Yeah, but the, like they they did have a couple revolving characters in it too. Yeah. So um, with a with a DC movie, I'll just believe it. I won't believe it till I see it. Or until they start rolling at yeah, any rate. Yeah. Um, not bad casting, I suppose. I always picture him as like a New York style gangster, like voice wise. You know, you and McGregor guy. or Black Mask. Black Mask. Not you. So say, why would you picture you and McGregor as a New York guy? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's a good actor. Yeah, I think yeah, can, no, it's you know, a good guy. Yeah. He's not going to be bad. The character, it'll be interesting to see what they do. He can always tweak his origins too, or whatever oh, yeah. to make it. And I'm sure he can voice. tweak his accent. Yeah. Uh, did anybody watch him on Fargo? No, I haven't watched Fargo. Yeah, because no. he was he played like two roles on the same season, and both of which American. And yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, oh, Disney streaming news. We yes. got a new oh, name yes. for the Disney streaming service. Yes. Disney Plus. With the plus symbol. Disney yep. Plus what? That's what it is. Disney Plus. Disney Plus subscription fee equals Disney content? Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Disney Plus subscription fee equals less money in my wallet. Yeah. More mm. money in theirs. No <laughs> details about Canadians getting it. No, no details about subscription fees or, or where it's going to be available. But you know, no. in a roundabout way, there kind of was because uh, this came out in the news this past week that once di- the Disney Fox merger takes effect, Disney will have control of Hulu and they have announced that Hulu will be 
they were going to make Hulu available internationally as soon as they can. So that means Hulu could end up up here. And Canada was one of the countries they mentioned specifically when mm. it came to the expansion of Hulu. So if they're talking about Canada for Hulu, then they'd be talking about Canada for Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't. Wouldn't surprise me that they're trying to figure it out. It's, it's just a matter it of time. It's just like that, like the DC universe. Yeah, it's yeah. like when that's coming to Canada. Yeah, it will eventually. It's just the the thing is, is our TV rights and regulations are yeah. are weirdly different than everywhere else on the planet. Yeah, so they have to figure out how they do it, right. and not violate any of those rules and regulations. And there was a change with Canadian streaming services this this week too with Crave. Do you hear about what's happened with oh, Crave? Yeah. No. So Crave is is now merged with the movie network and HBO in Canada. Like all of their all of the a it, lot of that stuff was already on Crave, but yeah. now so now they've, they've more or less from the from what I've heard just and this is just from people that have Crave is they've converted Crave into two tiers. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so there's man. Crave where you got all I guess your TV shows and stuff, but then it's like where oh, Kenny is. Yeah. yeah, but then they say, oh, but wait, if you want to watch Game of Thrones or any HBO content or the movie channel stuff, you got to pay an additional like $20 a month. Wow. I don't know. It's not that bad. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Or at the very least, Gavin like, is currently together. yelling at you and me because he told me this weekend. Well, at the very upgraded least, their package. all together, it's around 20 bucks. Yeah, that's what it's... my coworkers were telling me. And one of them is that he had just recently subscribed to... Or had gotten a free subscription when he mm. re-upped something. Let's see. That so. that might be more the case then. Yeah, uh, but still, it's around twenty bucks. If it's twenty bucks, that's out crave, and now I don't think I will because that's expensive. Yeah, well, especially if you want to get the Disney stuff too, right? Cause yeah, I would rather have Disney than Crave. Yeah. But yeah, so that happened. Um, and then so more Disney, along with the Disney name announcement, they also announced uh, a second Star Wars series that will yes, be on the Disney yes, service. Yes, they did. Uh, which will be a Rogue One prequel series. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. With um, Diego Luna reprising yeah. his Cassian. Cassian. And there's a, uh, his yeah. life as a spy in the Alliance or See, the Rebel spy. To me, this sounds more interesting than the Mandalorian or the Resistance yeah. cartoon. Is the story of Cassian? No, see, I'm more interested, I think, in the Mandalorian because it takes place after Jedi. Yeah, in the time frame yeah. that we don't know much about. I I'm interested in both. Oh yeah, the, the Mandalorian I hope... sounds cool, but the, this sounds interesting, especially since rumor has it is Disney has dived into the Lucas, Lucas archives and is pillaging that live action show that they were selling that nobody ended up by. That they they had scripts yeah, that, all that written underworld for underworld show, yeah, and that's going to be the basis for this new show, or at least the, they're Parts going to it, borrow from or, it. Well, Which I wouldn't hope, be surprising because they've they've already started doing some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, so it's, they own it; they have all the rights to it. Is there going to be Jedi involved in any of these shows? Because I mean, the to sh- me, technically, that's Star they're, Wars. They're, well, that's the thing, but because of the time frame. There's not many Star Jedi out there, right. so yeah. really, if anything, you may have a few like like Kanan that yeah, are like, like Kanan and Ezra, that kind of a rogue, that. like all kind of leftover Padawans, but mm. it's hard to tell. Yeah, because and kind of that's my problem with the new movies, in that they say that all the new people that were being trained got killed by Kylo Ren, and it's just Kylo Ren and his Knights of Ren and Luke. That there's no other Force users out there. 
Well, no, there's always going to be the force no. sensitive, but you yeah, but they're new. <laughs> they name dropped the Kylo Ren on the last episode of Resistance. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. But anyways, that's that's a rant for another day. Um, so another show that was just announced that I read today for Disney Plus is a quote unquote reality documentary show that's behind the scenes at Disney Imagineering. Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's well. Didn't we talk about that? That they should be doing some kind of show like that? I feel either from the park or Disney's listening to us. Yeah. Oh, we've already we already know that. Disney, I know that. Can we? Can you? Cheapo bastards won't give us jobs. We well, we know that Hot Topic is listening to us through my phone because we were talking about wrestling stuff the other day, and then I got an email from Hot Topic just about Bullet Club T-shirts. Yep. That was that was creepy because <laughs> that's all the email was too was just all their related shirts that they were selling them. Is that all you've ever bought from Hot Topic? No, I no, <laughs> Funkos, <laughs> Superman T-shirt. Like Next just, up. Uh, so, uh, just going back to Crave, the yeah. cost on it is uh, $10 a month for base Crave. And if you want what they're calling Crave plus movies plus HBO, it's $20 a month. Yeah, that's a, that sounds accurate. So before we leave the Star Wars one, though, I'm hoping that his robot sidekick is in this series. Oh, yeah. yeah Alan Tudyk's got a lot of work going on right now. And, that's, and, and I hope he's still doing the voice because that's a great, they're a great yeah. pair. They're like Han and like Han Solo and Chewbacca. Like you yeah. can't. Then it you should ha- at least lead up to him getting him. Yeah, because this is a it, well. This they've has already been told that's a limited series. Yeah, and they've already told that story through comics. Like they did oh, their, really? their okay. meetup stories. So, but the thing is, is that much pretty much all we know about Cassian is that he was a spy and that he's got this robots or this droid. So, mm. I mean, it, I always want to say his name is K nine, and it's not K nine. What's <sighs> his name again? K2. No, that's a mountain. Oh, it is K2. It's K2SO. K2SO, the Widowmaker. Yeah. (laughs) Like, their characters are so entwined that I would kind of hope that they keep them that way Mm. for the show. But I don't know. So we'll stay in streaming corner for for a little bit longer. We got Star Stream Trek corner. We got well, we, we might as well make it a whole segment. <laughs> yeah. There's always no, no, uh, the yeah. <laughs> There's always streaming news now. So we got Star Trek streaming news. Uh-huh. So go for it, Kevin. Ah, uh, so there's uh, there are uh, there's quite a bit of Star Trek streaming news. Uh, the big one is that it looks like uh, CBS All Access has been talking to Michelle Yeoh to create a show around her character from Star Trek Discovery's yeah. first season. And Section 31. Yeah, so... We still have to get our hands on that season. Mm. We haven't watched it. Uh, the we Blu-rays come out it. very wow. soon uh, for Discovery. But So I, I think... I don't think this is quite as big a news as we thought because hmm. the, uh, the rumors all along have been that a Section 31 show was one of these possible shows. Yeah. So if, if they're going to go ahead and make a Section 31 show, it just makes sense that your biggest actor who's a part of that group would be part of it, right? So if you're doing it in this time frame. True, true. So that. And the other bit of Star Trek news uh, is about Patrick Stewart's show. Uh, and apparently he's really, he's been in the writer's room like, this is his show. He doesn't want this to be like Star Trek The Next Generation at all. And his, um, his uh his input is what's really driving this new uh, Picard show. Awesome. So, so uh, it in not being like next gen. Like, what is? What do you mean? 
Well, I don't know. We it, don't it, know it's anything. going to be a very different show, is the yeah. what what everybody's saying. So Michael Shabon has been had an interview with IGN, and he said that uh, that Patrick Stewart has has been playing a major role in shaping the character, and that he's been these are Shabon's words. He's been influential in both helping us understand the character and pushing us and challenging us. And I think more than anything, he's really pushing us to try to do something new and different with the character, and that's why he wants to play it. So he can play something that honors the character, that's true to the character, uh, but at the same time, he wants to see Jean-Luc Picard having experience, adventures, and put in situations we haven't seen before. Indiana Jones, Star Trek, starring Jean-Luc cool. Picard. <laughs> we only got that in like one episode. Yeah, could be. Who knows what it Or Life on the Vineyard. Doesn't surprise me, because... Um, Wine and cheese with Picard. With the, with his like last show... show. <laughs> What was the last show that he did called? Uh, the one where it was the news. Oh, Blunt Talk? Was that what yeah. it was Blunt called? Blunt Talk, yeah. Yeah, so he had a pretty fairly big hand in that one, too. Like, he was a pro- yeah. he was a producer, but not one of those producer and name only. Like, he had a hand in it, so. And he's, a, like, a, he did a bunch of, like, TV movies where he produced them. And I don't know if he directed or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if he yeah. did, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have any of you heard of the charity Extra Life? No. Yeah, it's a it's a video game based charity, um, raising money for video game systems for hospitals. Is that well, the, it's the right one? Video, it's not. Well, it's raising money for children's hospitals. Oh, okay. I don't think it's you know they don't necessarily just give video game systems. They donate to children's hospitals for new local hospitals, and, and it's so it's pretty much you, you can sign up and it's a twenty four hour streaming. So you go online and you stream for 24 hours, you play games, you do the people donate. Uh, so Rooster Teeth, who is a big production, internet production company, yep. they do movies now, all kinds of different YouTube videos. They got their own channels, yeah, multiple stuff. I'm a big fan of all of their stuff. I watch all their, a bunch of their videos. So every year for the last, oh, I don't know how many years now, they participate in Extra Life. Uh, and they've gotten to the point where their their stream becomes so big that they don't even actually do it on the same day as everybody else. They do it like a week later or like a different day. Uh, so they did it this Saturday. They went from 8 a.m. till 8 a.m. Central Time, so 9 o'clock here uh-huh. for us, uh, and raised almost $1.5 million. Wow. They, they was like, it was over 1.4 uh, for their through – through matching of the company, through all the merch that they sell, like they make specific merch that they only make available for that 24 hours, and all the money from that merch goes mm-hmm. towards the charity donation. People can donate. You know, they do some crazy stuff during their streaming. They, they have different people come in th- through different shifts to, to take part, and they had a st- steamroller out in their parking lot this, this year. <laughs> they were crushing things. They set up like a paintball pain wall, and you have to go stand in front of the wall, and they'd shoot paintballs at you if you got uh, a certain... I guess if you sent in a, a donation of uh, 1,337... It was an elite donation, or right. whatever is you know one of the and uh, I didn't hit the mic. I hit the bottom. I didn't yeah, hit the mic. It still reverberates oh, through it. Sorry, <laughs> no touchy. I always touch the mic, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that was this weekend, and that was really cool. And you know, maybe someday we'll be able to get to something like to that kind of stature where we yeah, can. But pers- is there a Canadian version of that charity? I, yeah. I don't know. Is the, there? It just whatever. When you sign up, you just kind of pick what your local. Oh, your local hospital. Hospital or children's hospital that okay. you're. Because the Ontario, like, 
the the week before they did the all the rooster it was a a bunch of the rooster teeth member sites or like fan groups yeah did streams and rooster teeth promoted each like would he put on like each one for like an hour what do we do though Oh, we'll just sit and we'll do like everybody else like does. A you just sit around. Four hour podcast? Well, no. Like, yeah, sit around. You play, <laughs> you, know, you play video games. You do whatever. I don't oh, know. Oh, actually, you know what? They stream if, playing video games and do all kinds of silly stuff. Do, I wouldn't be able to stay away. We do a 24 hour stream of PUBG. Just you, me, and a whole bunch of Red Bull. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'd fall asleep in the middle of a game and be snoring. And you'd be like, Ryan, Ryan, we're running for the blue. And I'd just be like, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan would be like, I- I'm dead. Just keep going without me. Yeah, leave me behind. <laughs> so that was on, on, on the weekend. I watched, I, I caught it uh, every so often. I'd check in yeah. and see what they were up to. It was pretty good times. <laughs> Your PUBG character would be sleeping in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Just put me in the back seat. Uh, so there was some esports. I know we don't, we're not big esports fans. We don't get no. into all that. But I saw an interesting story. I figured I'd have to you know, mention it. Their uh, esports arena. In partnership with Walmart, has started putting tournament uh, venues inside Walmarts. Yeah, interesting. so like a little like section where they've set up like yeah. multiple like consoles or computers, you know, and facing each other and stuff. And then they got screens where, so it's you can't just walk up and play. Mm. It's only like local league teams or whatever, like from that in that esports league that can go and have game nights and compete and stuff. But then people that are shopping can, you know, be walking by and see, Oh, what's watch these esports it, going it's on. It's a growing thing. It is. And then it's also strategically placed right beside the electronic section, section. So then you can go and buy the game yourself. That's one of those things that like, I know it's very, very big, especially in certain countries like Korea. Oh yeah. It's like, it's absolutely and it's certain games. And- yeah. But you know what would push it over in North America, and this is not me wishing this or even thinking that there's a possibility of this, is if one of the major sports leagues had a strike. Just like, remember how like a couple of years ago during the hockey strike, poker was on every sports channel because oh, yes. it was cheap, yeah. easy programming. This would be the same deal. Like it, it, you would see suddenly is because it's a year round league right like i imagine they have seasons of some sort yeah but it goes all year long or it's video games yeah yeah so it would be easy programming to film not not really that hard to set up it like if that happened in north america like say hockey or baseball had a strike yeah that would be what fills that time slot guaranteed well especially if even if it's if one of the channels just started giving it some time like say that they got a contract with ESPN. There's a um, like one of the mainstream sports channels. I know there is yeah, like some video a, game on channels. Like, yeah, but like well, no, it's on, and, it is. There's esports on one of the ESPNs, but it's like it's like dodgeball, right? It's like on ESPN. The Ocho, Ocho. right? And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's at the bottom of the dial. But it, like up here too, um, TSN or Sportsnet started carrying stuff, but it's like it's not in good time slots no, or anything. No. But they yeah. used to show Magic the Gathering on TSN too. Yeah, because it was on ESPN. I think it was just was that dur- was that also the, during the hockey strike? Uh, I don't think so. So many boring sports back in the nineties got promoted due to due to that hockey strike. Darts had a lot more like views in North America at that point. Yeah. Well, up here we've always got curling to fill our sports channels. Yeah, but at least 
that Phil Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it was like that hockey strike. It was one of those things you you oh, yeah. realized poker how much was TV it. time it took up. Yeah. The was, amount of stuff they had to fill. Texas Hold'em Hockey Poker. That was the year Doctor Who came back because yep. CBC replaced Hockey Night in Canada with Doctor Who. Mm. And then leaked the first internet <laughs> episode on the internet yes. by accident. Yes, they did. <laughs> Next. Uh, or was that it? No, no, I've got a few more small oh, go things. Ahead. Uh, Jeremy Irons has been cast in the HBO. Well, we already knew he was cast, but Wait, it's been announced. Your sentence who in the he's HBO playing. what? Watchmen. Watchmen series. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. He cut me off before I could. Sorry. Yeah, Brent gets excited. Uh, apparently, the WWE wants to be bigger well, you didn't than. Say who he's playing? Yeah. Oh, I thought you just said it. Sorry. Nope. He's playing Ozzy Mendeus. Yeah. Older Oz- Ozzy Mendeus. Well, yeah. obviously. So the show's being set like 20 years after the events of the comic. Yeah. Well, it's, they haven't or, said, have they actually set a specific time? They, it's, it well, is in the future yeah. that they have not explored in any medium. So that's also, in theory, like after any comic book stuff. Not just yeah. that, but like I don't know if they'd be tying in that... The DC, the Doomsday the, Clock, Doomsday Clock, and I doubt it. I don't. That's see. still happening. The Doomsday oh, yeah, Clock. Yeah, it's it one is. of those books that's so delayed. Yeah, the issue I was, of that came out like what last month, but it, like, but it was oh, one yeah, of those it, things it that like, I saw and like multiple oh, weeks this ago. Isn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was weeks ago, but it seems to be like almost like a couple months between issues. It's or like something. a yeah. quarterly book. Yeah, almost. Uh, yeah. So the also yeah. <laughs> So apparently uh, the WWE wants to be bigger than De- Disney, and they think they can do it in like 10, 20, 30, maybe 30 years. The WWE? Yep. Oh, you can hear Alex Greenfield laughing. <laughs> well, at one point, I guess they had talked about, you know, I guess there was quotes of them saying they wanted to be bigger, or they thought they were as big or wanted to be bigger than Marvel. But now they've they're setting their sights higher, oh. and they're trying. I think they can be bigger than Disney, okay. With all their, you know, they got their own streaming service, and they got all their other content other than just their live action and, wrestling. And I'm yeah. sure the next WWF film starring Triple H or Stone Cold will do much much better than Wreck It Ralph or yeah, or, or, <laughs> or Avengers Four or Avengers Four. <laughs> Which we were doing the math today, and we we did the research. We should be getting a teaser for that very soon. If they do at the same time that they did last year. Because, yeah, last year's teaser came out on November 29th. 29th? So we thought, going with that, um, I believe Kevin mentioned that Wreck-It Ralph 2 seems to be the prime candidate. Possibly, because it comes, but then it's also, we're already getting that Toy Story teaser that came out today. Yeah. Yeah. Is attached to that, and that comes out next weekend. Right. Yeah. But... Avenger, the Avengers 4 teaser with probably Wreck-It Ralph or some other close Disney movie. Oh, maybe Into Mary the Spider-Verse. Poppins. Oh, Spider-Verse. As a crossing. I know Disney's not making that movie, but they like. I could see it being one of their conditions. Like when they, they said, we'll help out with Spider-Man, but we're going to put the Avengers trailer on front of it. because like At which point, Sony would go, yeah, okay, because people will go see that Spider-Man movie. Right. To see that trailer, what and like even get in the this bonus day and age, though, oh yeah, I think I with did the, that the for internet. Phantom Menace, but that was pre-internet, was it? When yeah, did, yeah. When that, was Phantom or, Menace. Oh, okay, <laughs> pre like good internet. Ah, you, the internet still existed. Well, yes. it just took a while to so, load up. A yeah, the internet trailer. didn't exist for me until about two thousand. 
Because oh. that's when I had the I, had easy access at, to the internet, and that was even at in that was at, in, uh, in well, '95. Yeah. We had it at the high school, but I didn't have any classes that used that's computers. That's when I got my Hotmail address. So my Hotmail address, I have two, and neither of them have like numbers or symbols or anything in them because they're original. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Well, I've had mine since I, my first year of college. That's yeah. why it's I said mine since 1995. I, I'm betting teaser I'm soon. Full trailer was Super Bowl. We're close to Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Because that would be, what, January? Yeah, January, end of Super January. Bowl? So that would be a month out of Captain and Marvel. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Now, I guess speaking of trailers, because they're not on my list, we got two teaser, two new teaser trailers today. <laughs> we got the Toy Story one with the toy. with the, Forky. With, is it Forky? Tells you nothing about the story. Yeah, no. really and he's played by Tony Hale. From Arrested Development. He was Buster on Arrested Development. Oh, he's okay. On yeah, he's on Veep. He's playing Forky. I Which looks I'm curious. Like, it tells you nothing. No, like, but that's no, not it's, it's just a little Are, they, are they even still owned by the same little girl? Because they, they have kept that continuity with the shorts that they've oh, done. Yeah. Is yeah, the yeah, little they're, girl they're now Molly's toys. Yeah. Yeah, so that should be good. That's <laughs> next, next year. And then the movie that until I saw this teaser trailer, I questioned... Why? And now I and who cares? super want to see it. The Detective Pikachu trailer. If you haven't seen it, I posted it up on our page. It's on Facebook. It's on, you know, Just go out and find it. It actually looks like it might be a fun little movie. Well, because the big uproar in the Pokemon community was that Pikachu talks. And they were all, everybody was freaking out because it was Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Pikachu. And everybody's like, well, first of all, that's not a good voice for Pikachu because he's supposed to be all high-pitched. Pika, Pika. And second of all, he's not supposed to talk. See, and then that's the other thing. This character... It's, it's not the same Pikachu. It's a different well, it's Pikachu. A, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's because it's Detective Pikachu. Yeah. But Detective Pikachu is already has like cartoons and all other yeah. media in Japan is yeah. all, and is very popular. There's a That's why... I think there's think a there video was game a, that was released here, too, for yeah. like DS or 3DS. Or oh, probably. Yeah. Because and so that's why after when they were doing all that bidding for Pokemon movie rights, this was the first movie that came out of all that. Yeah, but the best thing about how they did it in the trailer... And I guess in the rest of the movie is that it's only this one guy that can hear him speaking yeah. in Ryan Reynolds' voice. Everybody else hears Pika Pika, yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> um, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I think the trailer looks pretty good, but that trailer. Uh, I I am not a drug user at all, but I I'm thinking maybe a couple edibles before you go into that might make that film oh. just fucking awesome. <laughs> Well, even or terrifying. Oh, oh, a little bit of both. <laughs> like the 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 CGI they're using for the Pokemon looks look, pretty good. Looks decent. There's people bitching about it, but people bitch about everything. Yeah, so, so they look a little hyper realistic to me. But I mean, I'm not going to complain. I think the problem is, is if you like, you kind of got to find a balance with the humans. Yeah, yeah, because or it looks too like too cartoony. Yeah, or like, but not like. Or you go the complete like Mary Poppins route. That's the other way. You well, can yeah, do it, yeah. Right? But I, I guess the like argument, the Roger Rabbit route. Yeah, the argument could be made that in the cartoon where they look like cartoons, the humans are also cartoons. So if you're taking it and making it real life, then they should both be realistic looking. Weirdly, I like the idea that it has like. It's not just Detective Pikachu. Like there are other Pokemon that oh, it, like, it's, it's it exists the Pokemon in the Pokemon world. universe, yeah. which is kind of interesting. And it's yes. like this, and not everybody has a Pokemon because this kid, like you know, he's like, I don't want a Pokemon. He says at one point. Yeah. So he had he had dreams of being a Pokemon trainer, but 
Tracy, if you're listening to this episode, we should go see Detective Pikachu. Oh, maybe that's an episode we have Tracy back on for. Yeah, Tracy, she's a big we should go person. and see Detective Pikachu, and then you should be on the podcast. <laughs> I should text uh, her right now. There you go. <laughs> uh, and I guess in the same vein, so Netflix also announced. I should. I, I, was, I would have ordered had this in the streaming corner, but it was on the other side of the page. So right. I forgot it was oh, there. Yeah. We're back in the corner. Yeah. Uh, so they announced. I guess we're going to be doing five new anime series. Oh yeah. Uh, three of them are stuff I've never heard of, and it's like going to be like one's supposed to be like for Chinese language, a couple for Taiwan or something. But two of them. One is based in the Pacific Rim universe because yep. we're not getting another movie out of that franchise. There was rumors of that a while ago yeah, too. Yeah, so from the I'm, sounds of it, no, the, I mean that like second an anime one. Oh, okay. In, in, so that that doesn't surprise me too too much. And this other one is Altered Carbon, which Netflix is always working on a second live action season. With is it Michael B. Jordan is taking over the. The main role? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, the the main character is it's a different actor, completely different actor oh, playing okay. him. And apparently, if you read the books, Anthony that, Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Okay, so I feel bad now. Yeah, I feel you should. So racist, um, Anthony Mackie. <laughs> well, I knew it was a superhero, a Marvel superhero actor who was also black. a big nerd. Who's <laughs> <laughs> also a big nerd. Um, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It's because apparently the well, yeah, books that it's based off of, he he lives for like hundreds of years. Well, yeah, they can and, and they can swap bodies. bodies, and that's part of the whole thing. Is like when you go to jail, your your consciousness is taken out, and your body is left so, empty. They can take somebody else and put it in. Like mm. in the early on in this first season of the series, you see an instance where there was like a young girl who died in a, in a car accident. So if you die to you know. Early or you have the right insurance, they can then take your consciousness and plug you into right. an empty body. So Anthony Mackie is playing the same character that Joel Kinnaman played in the first season. Yeah, so the main character. So they, in this first season, you see the one instance where this like you know eight or nine year old girl gets put into the body of you know a full grown man that was like a convict Ooh. like oh that's yeah. so creepy yeah so it's like this whole then you see him interacting with the family and and it's just you know oh, that's the way their insurance worked they didn't have enough money to pay for a complete copy or it's it's, it's a really interesting show yeah if you haven't watched it watch it it's worth it but there's an anime server series being based around it of yeah in, in that same world As the television universe well yeah same universe exploring other parts of the universe apparently so it's not necessarily with that same character in that story but yeah. it's in that same world so it's a bad idea it, re- it's, it's one of those shows that very much is like you're watching it and you're like oh yeah i can totally see this translated into anime i loved the the new blade runner movie they did but one of the things i really liked about it was the shorts that they did before it that take place in that universe and to sort just flesh of it out flesh it out a little bit more and it, some of it's prequel but other it, others are just like it has one of the same characters but it has not a hell of a lot to do with the actual movie itself. It reminds yeah. me of the Animatrix too. Remember that? Yeah, that was. There's that has, some of those stories that are really good in that too. Yeah. Remember watching? I think I have that. I have that DVD. Uh, I guess the last story I found uh, that was kind of interesting. The Satanic Temple is uh-huh. suing Netflix and Warner Brothers mm-hmm. over copyright infringement for the use of the the statue of Baphomet. That they, that's in the uh, Sabrina show. Yeah. 
they say it too closely resembles more or less copies of their statue that they had made years ago that was based off of the uh, but there's so I guess the original statue or imagery they added to it for their statue then like the thing the big addition was these two children that are kneeling kind of like looking up or worshiping the statue mm-hmm. uh which wasn't in the old original art but it was in theirs and so it was also in this Sabrina one so that's what they're claiming copyright infringement so now the interesting thing i read (laughs) today just going to bring this up which i did i was not aware of until i read this today so it's the church of satan yeah correct yeah that is correct Um, which is not affiliated with the satanic temple uh has no problem with the show right loves the show has is happy with the show uh and claims that the satanic temple is just a uh a political Influence or a political party like group that's just kind of looking to make money and that's kind of co-opted such a weird their... news bite. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. I, that's why I was like, and like I didn't, I didn't even know the Church of Satan part until today because yeah. like I'd written this stuff down on Saturday, thinking, okay, this is just kind of interesting that you know, like the Church, of, you know, the Satanic In Temple is suing them. The Church of Satan distanced itself from the Satanic Temple, which it <laughs> says is known for its childish PR stunts that are not in any way representative of the apolitical, individualistic, and atheistic religion of Satanism. So the Church of Satan didn't want to cause any trouble? Exactly. No, no they're weird, fine. But the weird thing about it is, is that statement from the Church of Satan sounds really stuffy, doesn't it? Um, like, we we don't do stuff like that. I We're have, the Church of Satan, well, not the Satanic oh, Temple. It's a long... Uh, oh, yeah. I also don't think that you can copyright a religious icon. No, but that, that's the thing. It's not the, the, the religious icon. It's the, the statue, statue of that they had made that was based on that, and they made changes to it based on you know, that. So it's their changes that they're claiming. Think of it they as a copied. piece of art as opposed to anything religious. The Church uh, of that's Satan their, has their said basis. that while we do use a graphic, we named the sigil of Baphomet in our logo as part of our trademark. We do not claim ownership of all renditions of Baphomet. The sculptures and full-body drawings of which represent a balance between male and female. The most popular, rep- uh, and then it goes into the history of the art pieces of this this demon character. Uh-huh. But well, yeah, because the statue is Netflix based on an built old their own art. sculpture for their show, which obviously references uh, the Satanic Temple version. Yeah, because yeah. they added the children, which wasn't uh, in the original. But also references numerous public domain versions. So, oh yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll probably you know. They'll throw some money at them and they'll go yeah, away, or, or it'll be a really interesting court, you know, yeah. game court where the judge will be like, "No." Interesting. No, I thought it was interesting. Now I I have read that real witches don't don't care for the new Sabrina. No, because real witches don't have anything to do with Satan, with Satan. either. No. So <laughs> it's no, they don't. <laughs> but it was one of the things that I dabbled in. Has as anyone a watched Sabrina? Uh-huh. Yes. I have. No, I was going to watch it yesterday when Brent wasn't here, but then I thought Brent would want to watch it with me. I so. wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah. Instead, I watched I rewatched Fantastic Beasts. Mm. I see. I need to. Re- I need to do that. We need to figure out when we're going to go see that. If we're all going to go see that, it opens on Friday. I think Tracy yeah. wants to go on Saturday, but we'll talk about it off air. Yeah. yeah. You guys don't need to hear about our plans I, uh, unless you want to join us. Well, well it'll be too late. It'll be too late. Oh, yeah, because this doesn't come out until Monday. And, uh, well, I, it sounds like I'm going to be doing another mini episode Saturday afternoon oh. so in Blue Mountain. So I don't know. So, yeah, we'll talk I'm about it off air. Oh, in Blue Mountain. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll, I'll explain that yeah. off air, just in case it doesn't happen. <laughs> so then the last little bit of thing I had, remember that Death of Superman cartoon that I had a made my nerd yes. pick? Yep, very good. Really I very good. much enjoyed it. So the sequel, the I guess the part two, Reign of the Superman, yep. comes out at the end of January. And uh, they're doing, they're going to do a limited uh, two-day theatrical release. Oh. Much like they did with that uh, oh, Dark Knight Part 1 and 2. Or when we was went it Dark see, Knight? Uh, we went to see uh, Killing Joke. Killing Joke. Yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah, so, so I guess it's one of those, I don't know if it's a Fathom events, whether we get it here in Canada. I don't know what they'll keep checking uh, Cineplex's website. But, Interesting. Uh, so I guess, and they're going to be doing it, the theatrical release. Uh, and then it's like then the following week is the digital release, and then like two weeks after that is the home release. Mm-hmm. So it's like the way to see it early, and they're gonna do both of them one after the other. So it'll be like probably what three hours, because I think that it was like oh. ninety minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. Oh, well, could be fun though. Yeah. So yeah, that's so that's something that's coming up in January. So you know you have time. Cool. That's it for me. That's it that's for, it for you. Yep. Kevin, did you have anything else? Or? I do not. Okay. No, so let's go into the probably the biggest news nerd news story of the year. Oh yeah, I, I would imagine, or at least one of them. Um, I would put it in top five easy. Is unfortunately, as of this date, uh, Stan Lee has passed on into the realms of the unknown, and it weirdly hit me hard. I don't know why, because I know he's older. I know I know he's been sick and like, and I've never met the dude. Yeah. I, well, I I shouldn't say that. I've met him very, 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 very briefly. Well, more, you've met him more than I have. Yeah. Um. But it, it's like I, I it's almost like a a, a distant relative has been, that you, you like remember fondly from like family reunions or it's something. Like Uncle Stan. Yeah, it has been. Taken away, yeah. and it, it's I can't imagine a world where he didn't exist. Now, this is not to say that Stan isn't without his flaws, flaws, or... complications, and a backstory that has been rewritten a couple times. And we'll make one hell of a movie one day, possibly starring Mark Maron. That's my that's my suggestion. Mark Maron should be the one st- starring as please Stanley. Mark Maron or um, what's his face from uh, Breaking Bad? That would be my other one. Oh, um, the main guy from Breaking uh, Bad. Yeah. Oh, from Breaking Bad. Um, um what's his? Oh, oh. Uh, Brian Cranston. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can see him being a good Stanley. Yeah, I think he's a better actor than Mark Maron, but Mark Maron's already got kind of the voice for it mm. and the mustache. And the mustache. And- but uh, where do you start? Because like I'll I'll be so as of this recording, I'm going to be going on a somebody else's podcast specifically to talk about Stanley and his importance to comics and geek culture. I guess. And well, why don't you just start with personally what he what he his contribution to comics meant for you. <sighs> I don't even know where to start there. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, really, how many movies and merchandise or things that we've seen and spent time with or reading or and buying or... To be honest, the stuff that we read as kids, I mean, I'm the oldest one of the group here, and even the stuff I read... Very little kid, of it had anything to do with already pretty them. much, <laughs> excuse me, retired from writing comics yeah. by uh, the, the mid-'80s when I started reading comics. I think the, the best way to look at it, for, so, so for people who don't know comic book history, 
is when he and it, it, when he and Kirby uh, and then a little bit later Ditko came in and revamped Marvel Comics with the mm-hmm. starting with the Fantastic Four and then moving on to Spider Man is that changed how comics were in general. Yep. DC had already done their revamp and brought in their Silver Age, yep. Flash, and Green Lantern. In the and, late 50s. But it, the, they were all in made-up cities and made-up towns like Gotham or, or Metropolis, Metropolis, whereas the Marvel Star Universe and- from the get-go was New York. Yeah. It, it was a real place that you could go visit and look for the Baxter building that didn't exist. <laughs> and... And there was something about the writing, too, that just, um, if you revisit those comics of that era, uh, the Marvel comics for me are an easier read. Maybe it's because of the language used. The, the, the DC heroes, as they were written at that time, are very much like, like you know, like gods on the earth, even like just due to their dialogue and stuff. It, it, whereas... Peter Parker's dialogue you can kind of relate to. It, yeah. it didn't have current modern slang for us. No. But it, it wasn't our time. Yeah, and the the characters themselves were were flawed. Yeah. The the even though DC had set up these characters, this Batman could Batman and Superman could do no wrong. No. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I like Marvel. I tend to like Marvel more than I like DC is that um they are like you were saying they are flawed. They are relatable. They are not infallible, all-powerful beings. Mm-hmm. That's and one of my favorite things about Spider-Man. Yeah, and I think if you look at a lot of those early comics back then, too, the DC, the Marvel stuff, you know, had more of the like the hidden messages than just the yeah, you know, the whole you know X-Men, and it's more or less being an analogy for racism and human rights and all that stuff, right? Right, and just the the you can't have the evolution the next evolution of DC stuff without what Marvel did no. at the time and all and all that stuff is basically down to Stan and the artists that he worked with and before b- before the Marvel age started comics there was no continuing storytelling in comics right like mm. w- he invented the shared universe really um uh you know, there was a Justice League of America comic, which all of the DC characters. But were what in, happened but, in the Batman comic did not affect right. that Justice and League F- comic. Flash yeah. and and Batman never really hung out out in their own comics, uh, whereas you knew in uh, like it was Stan Lee who created the the editorial box that said, you know, read Amazing Spider-Man number three to see what he's talking about in this page, yeah. and he would put little. You know, he would have his artists draw other characters into the books so that you got the feeling that the Marvel Universe was was a place, a place where people lived and a place where people worked. Well, and- was it the first or second issue of Spider-Man where he goes to the Fantastic Four to try to get a job? Yeah. I think I it's the six, the oh, second, no, yeah, the second issue of Amazing Spider-Man, like not Amazing Fantasy, but no, that's why Amazing I said Spider-Man, Spider-Man out of it, not, yeah, yeah, I think it's the second issue where he, I know that I've got one of it's one of those uh, in the uh, late '90s when they started doing uh, some reissues of those old key yeah. like classics, and I think I bought you know I picked up like a, an Amazing Spider-Man number one and number two, right. and I remember that cover. 
with Spider-Man in the in the tube with the Fantastic Four right. in the lab because they you know he tried sneaking into the Baxter Building thinking he mm. could get a job and well and, and if you look at it too weirdly um, it it was semi realistic with that situation because. Uh, one of the big things that gets teased about, but it does, if you think about it, makes sense, is the fact that Spider-Man's always looking for a way to make money to take care of Aunt May. Yep. And if you think about it, like how Aunt May was drawn at the time, she was what, like 70s, oh, yeah. 80s? She's, and she's one her, of those things. She's, uh, over the years, she hasn't aged a day, but Peter, but, but Peter is now in his 30s. <laughs> I would say Aunt May is de-aged in certain spots. Well, well, coming back to life will do that to you. Yeah, true. Weren't you saying that as the, spider, the actors playing Spider-Man get younger, the actresses playing Aunt May get younger? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the latest Aunt May in the movies is no Aunt May from the comics, yeah. that's but, for sure. So Uncle Ben has, pa- has died. Yep. Violently in a back before you could sue and get money for the, something like that, right? Like, as today, that's that, that TV network, Aunt May would have sued them, they would have settled out of court, and Aunt May would have been a millionaire. What TV network? The one that got robbed, or yeah, but she I wouldn't be able to sue ro- them because they got robbed. It was a robber, so it's the United States. <laughs> she would too, she would have just sold everybody, so sued everybody. Well, then the only people that make money in those cases are the lawyers. She would have also sued Spider Man, weirdly, because he was the one who <laughs> let her get, get him away, but um. You know, he was constantly looking for a way to make money to take care of his aunt because what money did they have coming in? Yeah. I guess her pension. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe oh, oh, eventually she okay. became a nurse. Yeah, and and maybe a little bit of a a I don't know. Is there like a military pension for American vets from World War Two? I would assume. I would assume. Why, because Uncle Ben was a World War II vet? He would have been the right age. Yeah. Uh, It just sort of makes sense. World War II or maybe one, because who knows how old Aunt May was at that point. (laughs) That's true. But, uh, like, they they dealt with, like, not super realistic situations, but there was stuff like that. Or, um, you know, later on when they did one of the first uh, drug issues in mainstream comics. And it's... Mar- Marvel has kind of set the trend, and DC, to their credit, has has always retaliated. Sometimes later than others, and when they have, the, there's been some really good stuff with it. But you can't kind of have one without the other. Well, no, and they did over the years help to make each other better. Mm. But like you said, it started there. It started with Stan and Ditko and uh, Kirby and. And and while Stan stopped writing in a major way, he still became the the, the publisher or the yeah. editor or something. He was, he became in charge. Yeah, he was editor in chief at one point. Well, it was his, the story is is his uncle owned the company originally. Yeah, I was um, that. And then he basically got promoted through default into the position that uh, he had. Default. Yeah, and then My favorite two words. But after the two sweetest words in the English language, <laughs> <Yep>. default, default. <laughs> when he took over like when he stopped writing full time and he more or less became a figurehead, but like what a figurehead. Well, like, he started the dude the, was You know, the only other sort of person in all of pop culture that I would compare him with is Walt Disney. You know, because both of them are the face of their company. Yeah, and, I can see that. And and Stan Lee, Stan Lee has has been the public face of Marvel Comics from the beginning. And then when Marvel 
spread out and started doing like animation like even the stuff the the spider-man and hulk cartoons i'm watching right now on my yeah. rewatch stan lee introduces that every episode yeah, yeah. of spider-man and his amazing friends right like somebody tweeted that out too is like before they knew who he was they knew his voice yeah. from yeah. those cartoons they thought he was just the old man at the front of the cartoons no the narrator so, well then was yeah. he the first one to do the letters page was Marvel the first ones to do that? I know that. I, I don't. I don't think know if so. they, they, how early that all went back, but I know that the, the one of the big things that they credit Marvel and then was that whole uh, like Stan soapbox and his little yeah. and, thing and, and the, the Marvel the writers, bullpen, the bullpen. Yeah, but it, because the, of Stan, it's one of those things. There's both sides of it. Is you could argue that Stan's uh, sense of promotion uh, really helped build his name. Oh yeah, and like, and for a number of years, like he was the he was the one who created Spider Man. He was the one who created the X Men, and then that's that is since now he is given more credit to the the other people the other people involved, involved that deserved credit as well. Yeah, and and he in like the last two decades, he's been fairly good about that. But at the same time, without Stan. A lot of those artists, you would have never known who they were. He had the he had the right knack for promoting that stuff and making it feel like you were following a, a team, mm-hmm. uh, like that. This bullpen. There's a place he you wanted them, to go and work. And yeah, then. he gave them nicknames and like, and there would be like little bits of story with them. There's the there's was that uh, the Marvel? What was it? Foom. Friends, Boom, of, friends of old Marvel and the the Marvel the Mary Marvel Marching, Marching Society. Society. Yep, and there's a record for that that Stan does. Like it's like a little radio play where they're going around the office, and the the joke of it is is he talks to the other like the main artists at Marvel at the time, like Kirby and or maybe Kirby had left at that point. But Dicko was still there, and Dicko is notoriously like there's only like two known photos of him or something like that. When they get to Dicko's spot, the whoever it was who was one of the artists who was going with them, he stands like, "Where did go go?" <laughs> it's like I think he jumped out the window or something like that. <laughs> like they even like they made even played. They didn't want to be yeah. <laughs> and the sheer amount of characters that he co-created oh yeah it's just astonishing yeah but when you put him and kirby at that like and look at what they did both separately and apart is you know it's the marvel well, universe well, for the ex- most part. well exactly like you just look at back at that time frame and all the characters that were created that are still around in whatever incarnation and relevant today Imagine someone trying to do that right now that's making comics, that's making characters and looking at, you know, 60 years later. Lots of people try. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. It's, it was like they caught lightning in a bottle. I think a part whole, of it you know, was, that whole, it was perfect timing. It, yeah. I mean, Marvel Comics came out during the counterculture revolution of the 60s too, mm. right? So it wasn't just kids who were reading Marvel Comics. It was college kids and, and uh, they took them seriously. So... Uh, it was the first time that comics sort of became not seen as just stupid kid stuff. Yeah, because there was it's this weird sort of shift because comics worked for kids mainly until World War II. 
because they were they were very popular with the, the troops overseas. Mm-hmm. And then when the troops got back, they stopped reading comics again right, up until had, Marvel came up. around. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm just looking there. There's a subcategory list on Wikipedia of characters created by Stanley. Now it should say co-created, but we'll you know semantics as they were. And like even like there the A list is there. There's a ton of those that you would never know. But even still, there's like Ant Man just had his second movie. Yep. And he is the first one on the list, you know. It's alphabetical, alphabetical. Order. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But if you go down to, let's see, who's in at the last? Ooh, he the... created Asbestos Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So apparently, oh no, there's the next page. I was going to say apparently it ends at a certain letter, but let's see who. Well, there's a TV series right now, Stanley's Lucky Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know any. I, it popped up in the the obit articles that I got. What is that? Anybody know? I don't know. It's a yeah. series on space. I think. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, or, it's about a guy showcase. who has um, powers over um, probability. Yeah, he's he has done work in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wade talked about working with him on a series of uh, superhero stuff for Boom that just it, it ended up just kind of fizzling out. But you know, some of the. Everybody kind of like thinks of Stan as well. He wrote up until like the the early seventies, and that was it. But he did do stuff after oh, that, and oh. some of it is still. He did a run on good. Superman in the night in the two thousands. He 90s? did those. Um, what if Stanley would the DC see universe? Yeah. But he did in the mid eighties. He did a Silver Surfer story with Mobius, the the mm-hmm. French artist. Um, that is. Just fantastic! Like it, like you could tell that when he didn't want to do the the sixties Marvel writing, he was more than capable of it. Especially when you read that series, I've I am not familiar with it, but I know a couple people who love his work on Ravage two thousand ninety nine, which came out the same time Spider Man two thousand ninety nine did, and. It was an original character that I want to say there was an environmentalist bent to it, but I I don't really remember it. So, but it it has like a really strong following, and people who do like it are like it's some of Stan's best work. It just unfortunately it kind of came at a gimmicky time. Like a lot of those two thousand ninety nine books just sort of disappeared at a certain point, right? You remember Spider-Man 2099, and that's kind of about well, it. Well, yeah, and that's because really, of all those characters, that's the only one that is still being used. Yeah. yeah so, like, Which is a shame, because the, the Doom book in that run, the, the Doom yeah, 2099, like that that's a pretty solid book, too. And X-Men 2099 wasn't bad, either. Really? I never read it. Ron Lim was the artist. Yeah. So, the the unfortunate part is, you know, now, now he's kind of gone and well not kind of gone. Yeah, but he's as gone as you're gonna get but this to see the outpouring of like the universe on this mm-hmm. is, oh yeah my my facebook feed like slowly like when i first saw it we saw it or we heard about it about like seven minutes after it started being announced yeah. and slowly but surely my facebook feed all day today has been filling up with Photos of Stan, photos yeah. of people with Stan, people telling their stories That's of Stan. That's why I, instead of that, I just posted a picture of a Marvel comic that was important to me. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, I I, I used to buy my, I'm going to tell a, a story. So I oh, used boy, to buy I'll my comics um, 
at Robbie's Variety Store on uh, Gill Street in Aurelia. We I bought them there because they had a spinner rack. Uh, this was the mid early mid eighties, and uh, we used to go there to rent VHS tapes. And What's a VHS tape? Well, you kids, know. if you don't I'm know just, what any of those mean, look them up. So we would go there to rent, to rent videos, and um, um, I would always peruse the spinner rack, and I was drawn to the Avengers. And uh, so every month I would buy the new issue of Avengers because it would show up on the rack there. And then there was an issue that part one was in the Avengers, and part two was in a book called Alpha Flight. And that book never arrived at Robbie's Variety. Oh, God. And uh, the summer where I found it in a store at a campground when we were up camping somewhere, it just like blew my mind that all of a sudden this book that was like a self-contained, you know, I bought Avengers every month, I would get the story. All of a sudden it opened up the whole Marvel Universe to me, right? So uh, I've got to credit... Stan Lee with that, right? I mean, he didn't write those books, um, but but he created most of the characters. He made the sandbox the they were playing in. Yeah. And uh, he created the universe. Uh, so, you know, that that's uh that's what comics is to me. Yeah, the 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 only time that I that I've met Stan and I use that very with air quotes very heavily. Is uh, we were doing an interview for Geek Card with Neil Adams, and Ken Baumgartner was doing the interview, and I was at my job. I wasn't even shooting it. I was doing blocking. So that like because Neil had a booth, so I was just trying to like persuade people not to jump in the middle of the shot because yeah. that's what people do at conventions. <laughs> it is the most annoying thing in the mm-hmm. world to shoot a convention because they or. They will walk halfway through, notice there's a camera, look at it like, oh, you're shooting something? You're like, yes, fuck her, get out of the way. I may be guilty of doing that. When I saw the guys from Electric Playground shooting one time, I may have walked behind them and done the old look at the camera as I'm walking. Behind or, is okay. I'm talking about uh, in I wouldn't between. walk in front. No, that's rude. <laughs> it happened a lot. So I was just sort of shoveling off people and just sort of like, Playing like a blocker, almost like like a goalie in soccer is the position I used to take. And I just kind of hear this like little bit of a flurry behind me. And I turn and Stan is like just like marching in there, not giving two shits. Because why would he? He's Stanley at a convention. He's, he's God among mortals. And and he was in full like Stanley mode, yeah. And basically just kind of like knocks in and like, uh, and I'll never forget it because Ken is the is the world's biggest like old school Marvel guy, and his eyes just lit up in combination of like wonderment because Stan is in front of him like with no lineups nothing and also what do I do yeah. now oh, wait, how do I deal with this and Stan's like I just came here to see my good friend Neil Adams how you doing Neil and just the, they were they were working on something that like it was a financial thing because the, Stan's guy at the time asked that we blank out the, the audio uh, to which Andrew did because he was hoping that you know we do something good. Maybe yeah, we can stand Lee at some point. Next time. <laughs> but 
but the best part was is they they're starting to talk and Ken goes Ken's like Hey Stan, how you doing, kid? And just completely ignores him after that and keeps talking to Neil. But like, yeah, like just kind of gave him the finger point. And I, I don't think I, I he was probably totally Ken happy. Just didn't give a He's shit. Like, yeah. like Stan whatever. Said, Stan said hi and gave me the point. I'm good. And, and like, and uh, that's what like, and we we know from interviews and articles that there was obviously two sides to the guy. But at the same time. The comic artists and writers that I know that have met him, worked with him, have just had dealings with him at conventions, stuff like that. I have only ever heard one person say something bad about him. I'm not going to say his name. Um, But from what I've heard, this guy's a bit of a piece of work himself, so Uh I've always discounted it. Like uh, like uh, to Mick Foley, who's going to be in our neck of the woods. He posted up stuff about him, yep. and, and like you see it uh, down the line on Twitter from oh, pro a big, wrestlers. A big Kevin to, Smith uh, right up on his Facebook page. Oh, right that now doesn't and, surprise me at all. They did a whole like sit down DVD interview together, yeah. and I thought about reaching out and talking to a couple of people. Like I know Jimmy Palmati's worked with him and dealt with him a number of times. And loves the dude. But at the same time, it just kind of felt like, you know, like, I wouldn't want to be bugged. Yeah. So, uh, like, my thought is is maybe next year around this time, I'll, I'll approach all those people that, like, a yeah. more journalist, I guess, would have tried to approach today. And I'll, I'll let them have their say when some of this time has, has oh, yeah, passed. Because, you know... It, it, I think the best way of explain, uh, describing him is he's really kind of one of a kind. There's n- no who exactly. else is yeah. like him really. Walt Disney would be yep. would be close, mm-hmm. but like, is there is there anybody like that now? Like any anywhere close to that? Like you could maybe like as far as world building George Lucas, but he's not as out in the and public never eye was. anymore. He was never really like he's, he's, he's much quieter. He's bit. not a big. He's not a you know like a big top the uh, Carnival Barker like mm, PR marketing guy. Like, but he has yeah. he's been pretty low key lately. And and even then, it's yeah, it's, it's not. Quite the same. Yeah. It's no. I I, I don't know. Like I, maybe there's not. Yeah. It's just and the that, other sad part is it's, that time may be past though. The time of those yeah people who are the the well in this the, day and age. Yeah, well, yeah. If you, I maybe that's something worth talking about. Is like if somebody was like that today, would they just be a dick? You know, like would they just like it would like because of how media worked back then compared to now. Would you just think, oh, that guy's kind of a jerk and just not pay Maybe. attention to that sort of stuff? Or you know? would they just have a YouTube channel that nobody paid attention to? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's part of it, too. There's just so much noise nowadays that you can't find that person because what is what, what's, what are the stats? If you, if you wanted to sit down and watch every YouTube video on YouTube, you wouldn't be able to do it in a lifetime because of how many more YouTube content, how much more content is uploaded yeah. every day. The other sad thing is that like Stan also marks the, the passing of kind of an era there who's left from his generation. That's around. I, I think we've even talked about this a little bit before. Yeah. Steranko. Who else is 
I'm sure there's got to be somebody. But we've even seen I, in the last, like in the last year, some of the ones that you don't think of, like, um, oh, what was her name? The Marie Severin. Yeah, her. There's a perfect example of who was part of that generation of create comic creators yeah. has passed and. I know yeah, I think I think that that sort of original guard is they've pretty much all gone now. Yeah, Stranko's probably the last one left, and you you could even argue he's part of like that sort of like half wave afterwards, yeah. like him and Romita Senior, and like the those guys who came in once like Ditko and Kirby were leaving those mm-hmm. books. He's a, more part of yeah. it's kind of that generation. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm gonna miss him. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss seeing him at conventions, which we already knew he was. Did it, had I assume he had filmed his cameo for Avengers Four? That apparently was just released while you guys were showing up here. There, uh, uh, I haven't substantiated it, but it, it's apparently his cameo was filmed. Well, did they not say back? I want to say for Guardians Two, they said that they had they had them film like seven different cameo things yeah, that they could use, but it was never clarified like Guardians cameos. Well, they other kind of cameos. did say for other movies. I thought because yeah. they made it so that you know because he's getting up there in age, he's getting harder for him to get to movie sets and get get around. There was there was one in particular. Oh, which was one he in was Venom? It? No, I don't think he was. Uh, and even his, or, his or not directly, like kind of like maybe what they did with the with Deadpool because it was a I'll, picture, it wasn't it? it was, in Deadpool, he wasn't actually in Deadpool. I'm mean, Deadpool. There's a picture too. of him in Big Hero Six. That was his cameo. Yes. <laughs> well, and wasn't his voice in it? Like at the end, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was the uncle, wasn't he? It was a father, wasn't he? It was uh, the guy who dressed up like a monster's father? Oh, I thought it was his uncle. But oh, you're, shit. You're yeah. Uh, See, I totally forgot about that. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I love that movie. Yeah, it's. I imagine they will. It's one of those things that, at least for the foreseeable future. We'll see him worked in still somewhere. He'll be a name on a marquee, or yeah, or it'll be an inside joke of some sort, or a poster. But or he, an image he will or, appear in Captain Marvel, Avengers, and Spider Man next year. I would, I would assume. assume those ones, and yeah, then the and the after that, it'll be. I don't know about that X because was he in the last two X Men movies? Mm, was he in I any of these new ones? I don't know. Think so. I don't think he was in any of the first class uh, run of movies. I don't know. Not that uh, I can da, da, recall. Da, da. Yeah. But I'm I'm usually not the one. Oh, yeah. He, Venom passes <laughs> Stan Lee on the street during one scene. Oh, he does? Oh, so okay. he's in that. And... Okay, yeah, I know he does cameos. <laughs> well, it's, it's clickbait, right? So yeah. they have to fill out a certain amount of words in order to be able to hit into... Was X Men his first one? I think. I think so. Probably should have done this. Research oh, okay. Before so we apparently recording. they um, there uh, why there's me shirts. Um, they shot his Infinity War cameo at the same time that they shot his Ant Man and Wasp cameo. Okay. So those were done at the. So by the sounds of it, they did. Uh, 
a couple like when they got him they do at least a couple so yeah, right. there is a good chance we may, might see him for the foreseeable future which is remind me what was his cameo in infinity war which is in bad because i just watched infinity that last week war, and i can't remember it he was oh it doesn't it only goes up to black panther did he get dusted no he wasn't in the bonus scene He's Doctor Strange. He's riding the bus. In Deadpool, he was a strip club DJ. Yeah, that was a good one. That was the <laughs> first Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, no, that's... He was in the teaser for the second Deadpool. Live action in the teaser, but then only as an image on the wall or something. A picture in the movie. I'm he was it. there is one, but I'm just trying to find it. I know I'm vamping here. Uh, ba, 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 I'm on. Uh, he in, was he in was he was the school, school bus, bus driver. driver. That's right. Yeah, he makes the comment about you thinking kids never seen a spaceship before. And then in Ant Man and the Wasp, he was the guy whose car was shrunk by the wasp. And he says, well, "The '60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it." Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the idea. I, I still like the idea that he's the watcher. Yeah. And especially, like, if they want to reveal that at some point, that's where you can have, like, the final cameo where it's a CGI stand that then With reveals. Well, no, it reveals himself, like, fade in, like, yeah. as a disguise and then fades away into the watcher that we all know. Maybe when they get the Fantastic Four rights Maybe. fully back. But. Yeah. Anybody got any anything to add? Any favorite? I guess I, we can end with that fight. Favorite Stan Lee character? Oh, jeez. Or a co-created character? Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man's my favorite. I, I mean, I think it, it, I mean, it all goes back to the Fantastic Four. So I think, uh, I think the whole Marvel Universe came out of the Fantastic Four, really. So I think those are the characters that are the nearest and dearest to his heart. And that him that and the Silver Surfer. Uh, yeah, because he's the only one that writes Surfer that I actually like. Mm-hmm. I thought it's it, it to me. It's such a silly character. I like, but Dan Slott's. I it. haven't read it. I've heard really. It's very good like Doctor Who ish. Yeah, then, um, but it's not nothing against it. I just yeah. haven't read it. Um, for me, it, it'd be either Spider Man or um, I really like the thing from Fantastic Four. Because yeah. it's like I know the thing. A lot of it is based like Kirby based on yeah. himself, and then Stan wrote him like Kirby In talks. A lot of ways, uh, <laughs> uh, the thing is the quintessential Marvel character. He's uh, he's super strong. He's a nice guy, but he's yeah. d- conflicted and down on himself. Because, and it looks mm. like a monster because of you know the he doesn't know. He looks like a, he's a rock guy. Yeah, doesn't he stands out. Interesting. Does the I think it's next one. Interesting sort of coincidental timing is that the the thing gets married next month. I think in, in the well, in and the it's new, been a delayed issue. The, the the next issue of Fantastic Four has been delayed for a while because we're only on I mean, issue two. Who's yeah. writing Fantastic Four now? Slot. 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 But it, it wouldn't surprise me as. That wedding issue has Stan and Jack drawn into it since oh, yeah. they were kicked out of the original Fantastic Four wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, was Jack, was Jack in that too? In 
Yeah, they they, they you don't see their faces, but yeah. they're they're trying to get in, and then the oh, in the get... comic version. Yeah, sorry, com- I thought you meant. I was thinking back to the the first Fantastic Four, or I guess the the first oh, round of movies. Yeah, because he that's his cameo. He in shows it, up. It? Yeah, he's there for the wedding. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of it. Um, you know, I I the the only thing I can say is if you're one of those people like you know that believes in the hereafter, and at least he's now with his wife who passed away last year. Yep. And and hopefully you know hopefully the shenanigans that were happening at the earlier part of this year actually got stopped and he was able to enjoy his final couple months. That's yeah, that's open. Because you know that's terrible if if that shit was still going on when he passed, but that is, that will probably be fodder for another podcast well, later on. Unfortunately, I'm uh, sure there'll be a book or a movie or something with all that. Yeah, it's all gonna you know all that stuff will come out. But so next episode will probably be a couple movie reviews because oh, those are coming fast and furious at us. And uh, we will get back to the the long box of doom. Sorry, Rex. That is sometimes it means I have the to universe read decides samurai penguins again, or you just make notes. <laughs> my comment to Kevin today when I read the book and I had my notepad to make notes. I'm like, there was nothing to make notes about. Really? Fair enough. <laughs> so your um, review is going to be very short. <laughs> With that in mind, uh, do we want to bother with Geek Picks? Does anybody got one, or should we just sort of leave it as, you know? Everybody's favorite Stanley Geek Pick. Go, Jen. I don't know. Spider-Man? There you go. <laughs> oh, favorite Stanley. Uh, I gotta go. Didn't we just do that? Yeah, no, I, I gotta go with Fantastic Four. I don't know. I was just trying to help here. Jeez. Uh, Silver Snail Parable? Or Silver, Silver Snail. Silver Snail. <laughs> I, I was at the snail yesterday. Uh... Silver Surfer Parable, which is the collected uh, book that he did with, with Mobius. Mobius. I, I love that book because yeah. it was something I never. I, I originally bought it just because of the art because Mobius is one of those guys that I'll I'll pick up French editions just because his art is just so fantastic. But I, I read it and I I rather enjoyed it. It's not a continuity thing. You don't have to know anything about the Surfer or anything in order to get it. But it's still pretty solid. And so, Spider Man for me too. Um, hopefully, uh, you enjoyed this episode, or as much as something like this can be enjoyed, talk, being listened to and talked about. Um, next episode will be a couple movie reviews, probably, and the Long Box of Doom. And I'll be that much further into Red Dead Redemption too, so I'll talk Ooh. about it. Ooh. And uh, hopefully, you enjoyed our mini episode that I did with uh, Mr. Alex Greenfield and Nate Milton covering Daredevil season three. Um, I did sort of promote it on our Twitter and Facebook feeds, but on, you know, this, this story kind of took precedent. So if, if you want to hear my thoughts on Daredevil and Netflix streaming on a whole is, uh, I'll, I'll let you in on, on a little secret is apparently Alex Greenfield also pitched on a Marvel movie once upon a time too. <laughs> so if you want the answer to what that movie was and what it has to do with Daredevil, Listen to the episode. But uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening. For Ryan, Kevin, and Jen, this is Brent. Excelsior. Excelsior. Excelsior.
Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.